This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Rabotai, welcome everyone. Welcome to all Torah Anytime viewers. Rabotai, this is a very, very, very important lessons tonight. I'm going to go with three main lessons to you to take with you for life and to home. Listen, first lesson. You ready? Very important. Very important. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. It speaks in Parashat Bamidbad how many, how many, who, which tribe was bigger in number? Binyamin or Dan? Binyamin or Dan? Binyamin. So Binyamin had 35,400 descendants, where you speak about the Torah, where it says it. And Dan had 62,700. So Dan, Shevet Dan, almost had almost double than Binyamin. Now you're going to ask me, Rabbi, why is that so important for us and what are you trying to teach us? Listen to what I'm telling you. How many children did Binyamin have? Said that he had 10. How many children did Dan have? Less. One. No. So from one child, excuse me, excuse me, from one child, what did it have? Huh? It had almost double Binyamin. Now one second. If I were to tell you statistics, if I were to tell you right now, that there's a family with 10 children and there's a family that only has, what would you say the outcome would be in 50 years from now? 50 years, this family has 10 of them multiplied by blah, 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 right? At the end of the day, you see, Rabot Machshavot Belev Ish, The success belongs to God. We have to do our utmost. And when we do it almost, yeah, Hashem is always with us and will always be with us. But the outcome of success is at the end of the day, you, again, you have to do it as much as you can do. But the outcome of success in, is in Hashem's hands. They made professors, they did a study and they took each class, graduating class of this, graduating class of that. And they looked at the stats of the, 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 the greatest person that's going to be the top, top, top spitz, you know, the, the most successful person. And they wrote a list. And they said, we're going to go back to the list in 30 years to see if we were right. And every year they did it. It was 10 colleges. They did it each year. And they said, after 30 years when they did it, the stats, 80% was wrong. They only got 20% right. So they asked, yeah, it doesn't make sense. The way statistics works, this person should have been more successful and this person should have been... But what happened? Nothing doing. Because this is an important lesson. That a person has to understand success is from God. You have to do it your utmost. But success is from Hashem. You have to do your utmost. Don't let me get me wrong. I'll give you an example. It says, Yumanida says, if you want to be chacham, let's say you want to be a wise person, you want to be chacham, you want to be chacham. So what should you do? 
You want to be, you decided, I want to be Chacham. You know what it says about the wisdom of the Torah, how awesome it is to be a Chacham? I want to be. So there's a guideline what to do. What does it say? It says, Yarbebe Yeshiva. What does it mean, Yarbebe Yeshiva? It means sit and learn, sit in the Yeshiva and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. So when I says, wait, a lot of people did that. And they didn't become Chachamim. We see people, they did that. They sat in the Yeshiva and they learned and they learned and they learned. And they didn't become Chachamim. So how, 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 how are you proving that? Because you know what the Gemara says? Gemara says, you have to ask from Hashem. It's not enough that a person just do as he does. He needs something called an ingredient. It's two-word ingredient. It's called siyata dishmaya. You ever hear of that word, siyata dishmaya? Siyata dishmaya. Right? Thumbs. What's siyata dishmaya mean? You need heavenly assistance from Hashem Himself in order to succeed. That's, that's it. That's what you have to That's what you need to do. That's what you really need. And that's exactly what he's telling you, by the way. That you could do yet, but what? Don't forget this, Yad Nishmaya. It says the same thing of having baby boys. How do you have baby boys? When I says, if you do this, you have baby boys. Now, a lot of people did it. A lot of people did it. All right. Should we, we, we start, all right, we'll do it, we'll, we'll do it after the food a little bit, a little bit, give us 10, 15 minutes, and we'll, we'll do the food, yeah? Unless everybody's hungry. No, 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 we'll do the food in 10, 15 minutes, yeah? Yeah? All right, let's finish up, let's finish up. We just started in six minutes, but okay. I see the, 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 the food is here, it's getting noisy. Is everybody hungry, or maybe, okay, fine, let's, let's just do it, let's just do a little bit. Let me continue with this point. This point is like this. I don't know if people sometimes it's hard for people to focus. Like the food, see, I'm not sure. I'm serious. I'm not sure. I'm not hungry, so I'm like, I, I, I. Wait for the smell Listen, so let's just finish this point at least. This point, what are we saying over here? It says like this. It says that what? That you have baby boys. And you see a lot of people, it tells you, do A, B, and C. Oh, a lot of people did it. They still have, they're not having the baby boys. Oh, you're forgetting one ingredient. The success comes from God. If you think that you're going to be successful on your own and I'm going to do A, B, and C without Hashem on your side, you're wrong. So therefore, what does it say? Pray. Become wealthy. Become wealthy. Work hard. Be honest in business. A lot of people are honest in business. They're working hard. It's not happening. Be honest in business. But people are... You have to understand, working is a test to see if you're honest in business. Hashem can't give you money. Hashem can give you as much money as you as your heart desires. He give you everything. So it's what is what does it say? It's a test to see if you're going to be honest. You know how hard of a test that is to be honest in business. I bet you. You know, I'm, I'm not in the business world, but I bet you in the business world, it's very very easy to do a trick here and there and there and do this and that. It's very. I'm sure. Like, you know, you hear people. Oh, you know, I made it. You hear thirty years later. Ah. You know, what I'm talking about. Oh, ah. so it's, it's very easy to be be, be cheatful in business. Hashem says, I want to test you in that factor of business. So you're going to pass that test, and Hashem will give you that siyat dishmaya. But what? 
You gotta ask for it. You gotta pray for it. Because everything is there. All you gotta do is pull it down. Is that clear? That's clear. Because again, the outcome of success, the outcome of success is not up to you. It's up to Borei Olam. And he, he usually will pull through if you do your part. Let's get that straight. And I'll prove that to you. That he'll pull through if you do your part. I'll prove it to you. Take the Levi. How many... What was the smallest tribe out of all the tribes? Levi. Levi. Now you'll say, are you Levi? No. No. Do, do you realize in shuls, the Leviim are the smallest in the crowd? You know, they're always looking for a Levi. Where's the Levi? <laughs> Kohens, you have some Kohens, you know? You say, oh, everybody, you say, oh. <laughs> Levi is like the guy, oh, you have a Levi? Oh, yeah, I'm the only Levi. And the guy who's Levi... He's like, oh, I'm Levi. He gets Aliyah every single Shabbat. <laughs> in this shul, actually, sometimes we'll have 10 Levim. You realize that? Yeah. I don't know. Something special over here that we have, for some reason, we have a lot of Levim. But in any case, why were the Levim the most minute? Why were the Levim the most minute? Can anybody answer me? Why were the Levim the most minute? Why were they the little, most littlest tribe? You know what the answer is? Ramban explains, because there was a promise. What was the promise? The Torah says, the more the, the Jews are going to have to suffer from Paro, the more Paro makes them suffer, then Hashem's going to make it, they're going to multiply even more. So you touch my kid, you're making him suffer, you want him to die, I'm going to make sure he lives when giving birth to six children at one shot. So because they had to feel the hardship, Hashem says, I'm going to give you that success more. It's called something in life called Mesirut Nefesh. You ever hear of Mesirut Nefesh? You know what Mesirut Nefesh is? People think that the Gedolim, Rav Yashiv, Rav Chaim Yosef, Rav Chaim Kenievsky, they think, oh, he came from a from a family like that, or oh, he can't, he, 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 he lived in Israel, I live in America, you know, a lot of people have excuses, you know, oh, I'm not an Israel rabbi, I'm an American rabbi, it's a different type of a rabbi, what are you talking about? Uh, Torah is Torah, if it's in Israel, okay, right, Torah, Torah de Israel, there's no, nothing like Torah de Israel, but at the end of the day, working hard for the Torah, you can work just as hard here, or you can just work as, just as hard as there, and it was, we had a rabbi, one of the greatest rabbis, Ramosha Feinstein, where he was in America, and the Israel rabbis were actually giving to American rabbis, give us psaq, what's the halakha over here? So you see, it can be done. It can be done. But what do people make excuses? Oh, no, no, no. He lived in Israel, rabbi. He lived in Israel. I'm, I can't be Chalmadi Ayyosef. He lived in Israel. I live in America. Rukhaim Kenievsky. Rukhaim Kenievsky lives in B'nai Brak. What do you want to do? What do you, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to learn to know. No, no, no. It's excuses. Because all these gdolim... Do you realize how hard they had to work? They had to show Mesiru Nefesh. They had to really disconnect themselves from the world. You realize that? You can't be a ghetto. I remember I was by my in-law's house in the summer. And my mom was sewing with my phone. And she said a comment to me. She commented to me. Says, I don't know how the future rabbis are going to be as big as the olden time rabbis. So what do you mean? He says, I see you on your phone. You think that the olden time rabbis had a phone. They didn't have a phone. 
They were they, they didn't have a phone. A phone, in, in essence, if you think about it, it could be a it could be a very big distraction. You could be on your phone on a Sunday when you have no work. You'd be there all day. You realize that? You like look and what? Five hours passed on my phone still. Am I right or no? <laughs> huh? So you could. It's a crazy thing. And distraction, distraction. But guess what? The hardship of the work, of the pain, of the uh, of the grind, that will uplift your siyata dishmaya, as they call it, because it says yagata umatzata ta'amin. What does it mean yagata umatzata ta'amin? If you work hard for the Torah, Hashem will give you as a gift. There was one time chametz yonah b'shul. Have you ever chametz yonah b'shul? Big chacham. One time he was learning the Gemara. What does it mean, Matzata? He said he was learning very, very hard the Maharsha. And he was sweating. You have to understand, when he learned, he would sweat. He said, I didn't get the Maharsha. He got up and thinking, oh, I didn't get the Maharsha. He's, he's, he's walking out, Kilo, I'm done. I didn't get the Maharsha. He had to go, he was waiting on, on a stop, bus stop or something it says. And he said, all of a sudden, when he was waiting for the bus stop, the Chidush of the Maharsha just popped up in his head. And he got the whole entire Maharsha. How did that happen? You got the Siyat Nishmaya. You know why? Because you worked hard. B'nai Yisrael, they had to go through suffering. They had to go through Mesiru Nefesh. They had to go through pain. Hashem says, the pain, don't worry. The pain is not for, for naught. You're going to feel the pain? Don't think it's for nothing. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna torture you? I'm going to make sure you're going to multiply six times more. And that's what happened to the B'nai Yisrael. Because they... But B'nai Levi, they weren't. Were B'nai Levi tortured? They were the Shevet where they were free. So Hashem says, you don't go under that category of what? Of getting six at a time. So that being the case, who had more people at the end of the day? Everybody else but the Shevet of Levi. Is that clear? Clear. Now let's go on, please. Let's go on, because this is very important I'm about to tell you. And that is, like this. Be'er Yosef says a whole different shot. And I think you're going to enjoy this shot a lot. The Be'er Yosef says, why did Hashem give the Makkah of Dam? Why? Everything was measure for measure. And he says the reason why Dam was because one reason. Because he says they weren't letting the ladies go to the mikveh. After they got their cycle, they couldn't go to the mikveh. They're locking up the mikveh. That's the reason why you didn't want them to purify themselves from the from the dam from the blood. Okay, no problem. You're gonna be what? You're gonna be you're gonna be drinking blood. You didn't let them go in the water. You're gonna see the water is gonna turn to blood. You got that? Now let's go one step further. Listen, what I'm telling you right now. It says, when does a lady get her cycle? So there's a cycle, but sometimes it's brought down if she's in a very big shock then she can get right away. If she's in a very big shock, she can get it right away. All of a sudden, it can happen. One of the proofs is Esther Amalka. It says, by Esther, when she heard when Mordechai was outside, 
The pasuk says that all of a sudden she was in shock. Why is Mordechai inside? The Jews are in trouble. It was very shocking for her because she had she had to know she knew the. It was very shocking to her. She got the the nida. When a person's in shock, when a lady's in shock, all of a sudden it can get out of him. Says there's a way where the nida won't even come. How? When a person is in constant shock, constant pain, constant torture, the nida won't even come. Now that you know these two rules, let's apply it back to Shevet Levi and Bnei Yisrael. Bnei Yisrael, the ladies, he's saying that since they were on a complete torture all the time, that prevented the nida from even coming. So therefore, they were able to produce babies. But the Levi'im, they weren't in shock, they weren't under terror. So therefore, the lady had a regular cycle and the, and the Egyptians stopped them from going to the mikveh. You understand? So therefore, they were less productive. It's another way. You hear? And I saw there was another way why the Levi'im were minute. And this is very important. A side point. And that is, because it says, when you do a mitzvah, everybody knows that you want to get the best for the mitzvah. If I were to tell you, I can invest your money in this area, and it's going to get you the most profit, that's what you're going to do, right? Same thing with mitzvah. You want to do the mitzvah, that's going to get you the most return. So now think about it. Who are the ones carrying the aron? Who are the ones carrying the mishkan? The Levi'im. What did the Levi'im want? They all wanted to carry what? The Torah itself. So what were they doing? Oh no, I'm carrying, no, I'm carrying. So sometimes it could go into a fight. And Mahloket could lead to Hasbashabom trouble. It could lead for a plague. We know that Mahloket led to a plague of Korach. Right? That's what happened with Korach and Aratol. There was Mahloket and it led to a whole entire plague. So that was going on. So if that's the case, the Levi'im were dying through that, through that, oh, I want this and I want that and that. Therefore, some people passed away. And therefore, it wasn't a good sign. Now, what do the rabbis come to teach us with that? You have to understand, sometimes, you ever hear, you know, a person comes into shul and he needs the maftir? Oh, your side. And now, two people have the your side. I want to be chazan and the other guy wants to be chazan. I want to read maftir and he also wants to read maftir. Now, what do you do? It's like a big thing. And, and sometimes in choice is a very big thing. What do you mean? It's my father's your side. But it's also my father's your side. And now they're going at it. You know what I'm saying? No, I want to go up. No, I want to go. I want to go. I don't want. So you really want to get the maftid or you want to get the kaddish, the vichazan, in order to elevate the father's neshama or the mother's neshama. But yet what's happening is you're ruining the whole entire thing because you're, you're causing mahalokim because of it. You're causing mahalokim because of it. Yeah, how far you have to stay away from the Mahloket? It could cause death, heaven forbid. Even I saw Chalmadiyah Yosef, he speaks about Yom Ha'atzma'ut. Right? He says, don't make the Mahloket. Like people, a lot of people sometimes make Mahloket. Just, just, just you don't want to have the Mahloket. You know, once a person is going to Mahloket, it's really a, a fire. I was in a store today. And I'm going to ask you guys a question. I'm going to ask you guys a question. I'm going to tell you a true story that happened this morning. I was in a store. And it is... I was getting a I was getting a breakfast a sandwich and a fellow comes in 
Now, I know this guy is a little bit whacked. Young guy. Young guy. A little whacked. A little whacked. Uh, he's about, I would say, 20. But um, you could tell he's on the phone. And I see him because I learned the yeshiva. I learned the, in the kolel across the street. So if I, if I ever pick up a sandwich, I always, for some reason, I always see that guy. I think it's a sign. Maybe I have to make a and bring him back to religion or something. But I hear him on the phone. Yeah, get over here. I'll mock your head. You hear him in the, in the middle of the street. He's screaming. At the, you know, you have like the earpiece. He has the earpiece over here. Scream, oh, get over here. And I think that he's funny. I don't know. He's totally not. Then you see the earpiece. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'll go over here. I'll kill you. Get over here. And then one time I saw him. He's going to, to when the guy was making the sandwich. He went over the counter and he gave him a nice, uh, like, you good boy. Like he's telling this man, you good boy. He smacked him. Like, you good boy. Like, he, like, beat him up. So today I was there and I'm about to walk out. And as I'm about to walk out, I see him walking in. And I know there's always action when he's in the, that store. I know there's always action. Because the guy is like, he gets, and I wanted to see what was up. I was, I'm about to pay. And I'm, I'm paying. As I'm paying, he walks in. And I see he has like a little bit ripped of, I guess it's a style. They ripped a, a sweatshirt. I don't know. There's like a pocket sweatshirt that's ripped. I don't know what it was. Alright? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's a style. I went to the store yesterday. Somebody told me this. A company called Golden Goose. Oh. I couldn't believe it. I told the guy, listen, these shoes are dirty. He's like, no, that's the way they are. Like, what are you kidding me? He's like, wait, one second, let me just chuck it. I'm, I told the guy, I'm going to chuck it on the floor. Tell me I don't have to pay for it. It's dirty anyway. Boom. He's like, no, no, they make it dirty. It's $500, actually. I couldn't believe it. I asked him, he's like, $500. I'm like, people buy? He's like, yeah. I sold, he tells me, I sold 5000 on Mother's Day, $5,000 worth on Mother's Day. It's like, what are you people? Imagine, dude, it's, it's, a, it's a, a ripped shoe. It's dirty. It's dirty. I'm like, I'll never even wear a shoe. Who wears a shoe like that? And then once, like, oh, he's comfortable. He's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Where is she? I'll give you my old shoe. I'll give you my old shoe. It's more comfortable. You know? I'm serious. You know what I'm talking about? It's crazy. Any case, so he's sitting there. I guess the new style is ripped, ripped around. It looked like it was made ripped, so it didn't rip it. And he takes his bagel, and he cuts the entire line. I'm not joking. He cuts the whole entire line. Everybody's waiting, like, you know how they have, like, a few people online? He goes, yo, bro, here, make a cream cheese, please. So there was a lady that was the next one online. I would say a lady in her 40s, and he's 20. So he says, he says to, 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 to the guy, yo, bro, take this, please, uh, make the bagel and cream cheese. And the Spanish guy, what is the Spanish guy going to do? He's going to take the bagel. What is he? He's a Spanish. That's why he's a Spanish guy. He doesn't think, oh, you're before her. You know, oh, he told me to do it, so I'll do it. So he's going like this. So he actually goes ahead, and before he takes the bagel, like he's still, he's still working with another thing, the lady tells her, the, the, this kid, excuse me, you're not going before me. I, I was waiting here. I, it's not right. I was waiting here. That's what she says. And she was a little upset. Because I was waiting here, like a little bit, you know, um, so the, the kid, 20-year-old kid, looks at the 40-year-old and says, I will see about that. <laughs> so the guy finally finishes the sandwich that he was making from before, and now it's the next customer. And he gives the bagel to the Spanish guy. The Spanish guy takes the bagel, and he's about to cut it. Meanwhile, the lady starts a fight and says, excuse me, tells the Spanish guy, excuse me, I was, you saw me online before. Here's my sandwich, here's my bagel. Took her bagel, 
and he starts making her bagel. Now this kid curses the lady, screams at the lady, and starts cursing her in front of everybody. You, and again, 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 cursing her in front of, and, and you see this lady turning red as a tomato. Red like a tomato. And me sitting there, I couldn't let it happen. I really couldn't let it happen. I, I, come, I came in right away. As soon as he said something, I just felt bad. I know the guy was going to probably blow and go crazy, but I said, I have to do something. He says, excuse me, we don't talk like that to, 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 to a woman like that. We don't do that. And he, I, I did it under my voice. He heard me. I didn't raise my voice. He heard me. And I went to the lady as I was leaving. I said, just, just, just do me a favor. Just ignore him. You know what I'm saying? You see, you know what I'm saying? You see who you're messing around with. Just ignore him. And then as I was leaving, I, I was like pulling out my car. I was like parked right in front. And I, my window's open right up. And I see he finally gets a sandwich. And after he's finished, he curses out the lady again right before he walks out of the stall. Like everything was done. He gets a sandwich, she gets a sandwich, he's walking out, he actually got a sandwich before that other lady gets out and curves around again, he says, if my sister was here, I would tell her to beat you up, and says another word, I'm like, oh my goodness. Now, I go home, and I ask my wife, if you were waiting online, would you let this boy go in front of you, yes or no? I ask you a question, everyone right here. No. I ask you a question. What would you do? No. I ask my wife. I'm sitting down. I ask my wife. I come, honey. I want to know what would you do? A guy's right waiting, getting for the bagel. He's waiting for the bagel. You, you are technically, you are a hundred percent before this guy. Hundred percent. I saw the lady. The lady was waiting online. She was before. This guy comes, make a bagel and cream cheese. I gotta go. Would you make a fight and say, "Excuse me, I was here before you," or just? Let the bagel go, and you go right after. What would you do? Play with the guy, of course. Uh, anybody else would it? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Jack Hazen said he wouldn't. If I wasn't in a rush, I'd maybe like... Yeah, it like, she, she didn't seem like it was a rush. Jack Hazen said he wouldn't fight. Okay. All right, anybody else? No, no, he didn't curse anything yet. No, nothing was happening yet. No, nothing was happening yet. As soon as he got the line. All right, so I want to tell you something. My wife was telling me, and I believe my wife. I know Nick would think he's batting. I'm like, yo. He's <laughs> like, yeah, get over here and clock you. <laughs> no. I told me. And I, me, me personally, if it happened, I probably would. I don't know. I really would be a big test for me. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm with you. I would be a big test. I probably would say something. I probably would. If only you, if only you got you. Uh, yeah, exactly. If he would come to me, I probably would say something. I would. But then I thought about it. I asked my wife, what would she do? And she said, no, I wouldn't. I said, come on. You really wouldn't? She said, I wouldn't. She said, why wouldn't you? She says, look, think about it. First of all, how long would it actually take to make a bagel and cream cheese? Even if it takes an extra minute and a half. You know you're going to get a fight with the guy. Why you want to start a whole argument and now in front of... It's going to take longer for the argument. You're going to get more stress. You're going to get more things. You, let the, you see the guy's a nutcase from the fact the way he's acting. Yeah, you, you, like one second. Right, right. Okay, one second. You got to just think a little bit before you react. Because a lot of times, reaction comes from emotion and not from thinking. You understand what I just said? This is an important thing. I'll say it again. A lot of times, a, a reaction comes from emotion, not from thinking. Now, I'm not saying this lady was wrong. I'm not saying that. Because I think everybody's reaction, first reaction is, you cut me, get out of here. Forget, you, you, your emotion says, your ego cut, picks in. And your ego says, listen, this is my ego right now. 
you're stepping on it because you're coming before me. No, 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 you're not doing that. So the ego's screaming. The thought process, if you would think in your brain, say to yourself, wait, this guy's a real nutcase. He's a real nutcase. You hear him screaming on the phone. You hear him, he's a real wild nut. You see him going in front of everybody and everybody's a line. Everybody understands that there's a line and he says, here's my bagel, go for it. Like, what? So if you use your circle a little bit, say to yourself, you know what? This guy's a nutcase. You don't want to mess with a nutcase. You know, go for it. Here you go. Because what? To avoid mahalokit, you cannot use emotions you got to use your sechel. Again, let me, let me repeat that. To avoid mahalokit, emotions can't kick in. It's got to be your mind. Your mind has to be, whoa, what's going on? Okay, let him go. He's taking a bagel. He just, all right, go for it. Go get out of here. That's it, finished. The whole thing would take two minutes. Now she has to think, and now we have a whole story about it, right? Now she has to think. She has to, I'm sure that whole day, her whole entire day, I, I'm sure she could not have a normal day for the rest of her day. I'm sure. And I'm sure when she was eating that sandwich, when she just took home with bagel and cream cheese, whatever it was, I'm sure she couldn't digest properly because she's thinking, I can't believe this guy, what he did to me. And all this because what? You're not thinking to stay, avoid mahalokit. That's exactly the whole point. You could be 100% right, but avoid mahalokit. As you get older, you start realizing it. You know what happened to me the other day? I walked out of my car, I'm opening up my car, and you know, you know how you have the driver, you know the driver, uh, uh, um, driver's ed, and they have uh, a driving school on top of their, their thing? You know what I'm talking about? You, yeah, have, the, you, yeah, you have the small car, and they always go very, very slow, and you want to just honk the guy, and you honk the guy, and, and, and they can't go, because the driver, is, he's teaching him, right? So the guy's going like a slow poke, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So, so I see the driver sign, driving school. I didn't see it really, but it says driving school. I'm getting out of my car. So um, I, I open up my car door like this to the street. And all of a sudden, I, I don't know where this, this driving school car came from. It's right in front of my I was like, what's going on? And I, I was bugging out because he came straight. I was going crazy. I was like, because the car came really, like if I would have opened it a bit more, he would have hit me. I'm like, what's going on? So I had a ride. I had full rides. All of a sudden, the guy in the car, meaning the teacher, you know, he's sitting, sitting right by the window and he's not driving. He looks at me and says, what are you doing? Like that. So I control myself right away. So you know what? I'm not going to start arguing with the guy. I said, I'm sorry. I closed the door and I just left. You, you know? I said, I'm sorry. I felt so good that I was able to control myself. What am I doing? Ah! <laughs> Make the guy I do it. You know, sometimes you get a reaction. But as you grow, you say, you know what? It's not work to make my look. Nobody wants to hear you arguing against him. What are you doing? No, what are you doing? And the whole thing goes, okay, I'm sorry. You just have to say, I'm sorry. And the guy goes, goes on. And instead, I'm trying to say, let's say what he would have said. No, what are you doing? He would get upset. He screamed at you. You screamed at him. He screams at you. And the whole thing doesn't end. I don't have time for this. So I said, I'm sorry. So, okay. And he walked away. That's exactly what happened. So if a person, that's what I'm trying to say. Even, that, that's why it's so important to be, like who said that, level-headed? Not to, not to get the emotions controlling your brain. And that's why a person, that's exactly what happened. By the Levine, I understand where they're coming from. Everybody wants to, to hold what? Da'ad on. Everybody wants to hold that on. I don't want to, if you would tell me, what do you want to hold? I want to hold that on. I want to hold where the luchot are. So now I come first and I'm grabbing it. Another lady comes and you know how he puts his hand underneath, you know, he's, he's trying to grab it. Hey, bro, boom, you, you give him a knock on the, got a, like, what are you doing? So you, what are you doing? He's my mitzvah, get out of here. You know, that, that's not, you, you want to stay, avoid the mahlokit. 
There was one guy who was telling me a true story that happened. He learned in school that the first ten in school, if you become the first one, you know the, the, the whole thing thing, right? If you're the first ten in Minyan, you get rewarded for the every guy who comes in after. It's a true thing, by the way. Every guy who run comes in after, you get part of that reward. So let's say, for example, you have a hundred people in the Minyan. I'll give you an example. So you started to make the first ten. Every single person that comes in after you, you get schar. You get rewarded for that. And if you're the first guy in the shul, oh, forget about it. You get the second guy, third guy, fourth guy, fifth guy, sixth guy, seventh guy. You go like that. So, so the kids heard that in school. They heard that. Guess what happened? The next day, it's a true story that happened. The kid starts going to school, and now they're in the hallway. Remember you were in school, there was like a hallway? You know, and there's a classroom, there's a door. So one guy's at this end of the hallway, and the other kid, his, his friend, his eighth grade friend, was on the other side of the hallway, and the door was in the middle of the hallway. Now they're both walking, the hallway's a long hallway, they're both walking casually, and they're both knowing the intent where I want to be the first one to Minyan, and I'm opening up that door. So all of a sudden, you see, one of the guys starts running, and the other guy starts running, and all of a sudden, the other guy, he's holding the door to open up, and he's about to walk in first, so his friend pulls his knapsack from his back and chucks him like that, and he walks in, it's a true story, by the way, and he walks in first, and he said, I got, I got it before you. Now, now, this is great, but you missed the whole point. You're making a malak, and you're not thinking anymore. All you think, you like, throw everything out of the garbage, and, 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 and that's exactly the point. You gotta think. It's not worth it to make a malak, it's just not worth it. Sometimes, yeah, you might have, you might have to put your foot down. Yeah, sometimes you might have to put your foot down. Like, for example, going to Israel, right? Let's say you want to go to Israel for the year to learn Torah. Yeah, there's a lachan that says, listen, uh, mommy, daddy, I want to go. Or you want to marry a religious girl, let's say. And your parents don't want to marry a religious girl. And that, there's grounds to say, you've got to stick up for your rights. I'm not saying there's no grounds. There's sometimes grounds. But 99.99999% of those times, it doesn't happen with those two categories. Usually, it's just like stupidity and just say, I'm sorry, and you just move on. That's it. That's it. And I felt so bad because if she just would have said, okay, just go, two minutes, go. Go, take two minutes, go. She would have had a great day. She would have, she would have enjoyed her sandwich. She, would have, she wouldn't get all, her blood was rushed, by the way. You saw her whole face red. You, why are you messing around? You know this guy's a nutcase. You know, I said to myself, if, if I want that a situation that I said, I don't want to put myself in a test. I don't want to say, but if that would happen to me, I say, if this guy, because he comes in a while, I always see him, I always see him, because like, I, I'm across the street from the Kolel, and it's right across the street. So I see him, I see him on the streets, I see him this, I see him that. So if he would do that to me, I'd say, you know what? I want you to go before me, and I'm paying for you. Just to, you know, ah, you know, give, give it, no, let, let him pay, because then, then he sees maybe people start caring about the guy. A lot of times, it's like to make negative attention. You know what negative attention is? You know when you were in school where you wanted attention? So either you're the good guy in the school, so you get all the attention, you're the valedictorian, or you're like, there's no way I'm going to be valedictorian, so I might as well get my attention a different way. And then you throw like smoke bombs, and, and you throw all these different things, you throw the chalk. Why? Because you want to get the attention. Fine, I can't be the best, but I'll be the worst. I'll still get the same attention as being the best. You want to talk about that? No. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You just don't want to admit it. You were, the, you, were the quiet, you were the quiet good guy in the back. But at the end of the day, that, that, that's, that's what's going on over here. So let's just recap for a second. We just said three, three reasons why, by the Levi, why were they the, 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 the smallest? One was because, like the Ramban says, they, they weren't part of the hardship. If you're not part of the hardship, 
You're not getting the beracha of, of that hardship. It was, if they torture you, I'm going to multiply you times six. Right? Second, second answer is that the Levi'im, very simple, like we said the Be'er Yosef, that they couldn't, they couldn't go to the Mikveh and, and the Yisraelim, they didn't have to go to Mikveh because at the end of the day, they, they weren't getting the Nidah because we said that when a person is in total shock all the time, the Nidah doesn't come. Because there was shock, 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 shock from all the, all the torture they got. They were never getting the Nidah. But the Levim, they were always getting the Nidah because they weren't getting tortured. So therefore, they, if they're getting the Nidah, they can't go to the Mikveh because they didn't let them go to the Mikveh. Therefore, they couldn't produce more children. And the third shot was like this, what we just said right now. The third shot was that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Levim, they, they, they all wanted the Aron. They all wanted the juicy mitzvah. And what was happening, sometimes a guy would hold on to the Aron, and the other guy would come in, say, listen, you know, you know, you know and, 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 and it'll be Mahloket. And when, when a Mahloket comes, Has Shalom, there could be fights that break out. Fight breaks out, Hashem doesn't like it, heaven forbid people pass away from Mahloket. Therefore, we always try to avoid it. Ah, you're 100% right. That's exactly the point. You're 100% right. You still say, I'm sorry. Remember my example that happened to me. I'm telling you, I was 100% right. I opened my door. The guy was there. I said, I'm sorry. He just walked away. Very good. Said to me, remember this lady I was telling you about the, about, about the, the, the bagel thing? She just said, yeah, okay, fine. Just mevatet. You know what's called? It's called mevatet. You know what mevatet means? Give in. Sometimes you got to give in. Sometimes you got to give in. You know, especially in marriage. A lot of times guys get married and a lot of, a lot of mahalokit with the shalom is. Because one of the two is not giving in. Think about it. It's very simple. It's like I'm throwing something in, 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 in this cup. So I want to throw it in the cup. So if I take, take it and I throw it in the cup and it goes, I'm gone. Fun. But if every time I throw it in the cup, it always bounces back. I always keep on throwing it in the cup. It always bounces back. So it always takes two to tango, right? So I'm telling my wife, let's do this. And she's throwing it back in my face. No. So I throw it back because I want to do it. So I back, no. Back. There's my locket. But if one of the two, husband or the wife, just gives in and says, okay, I'm doing this, says, okay. There's no, there's no back. You understand how to avoid it? I bet you could be 100% right. She was wrong, 100% rabbi. She was wrong. No problem. Say, I'm sorry. What? I'm going to say, I'm sorry when she was wrong. If you just say, I'm sorry, everything will be okay. Because there's no fight anymore. Because she. Put it in the basket. That's it. The basket scored. So she feels good. But if you don't do that, you're going to go back and forth. But if I give in now, she's going to step on me next time. Stop with the shtiyot. That's called the etzerara. That's called the etzerara, by the way. One guy tells me, I don't give my, my wife compliments. So why not? So why not? She tells me straight up. She says, if I give a compliment, she's going to get high in her head, you know? Oh, wow. She feels that she's all that now. I'm not giving him no compliments. And, his, and he doesn't give his wife compliments. Why? Because the Yetzirah played with his head. Because if he gives her a compliment, she's going to feel so hot shot, not shot, that what? She's going to feel that she's better than him. She's going to feel better than me. I'm not. I'm giving a compliment. And see how the Yetzirah plays? So this is the lessons that we're learning over here. The lesson that we're learning over there, Parashat Shavua, is a very, very important lesson. A very, very important lesson. We'll stop it here. We'll stop it here. But remember these lessons. Go over what I'm telling you. Stay away from the Mahalokit. Remember the, the three reasons that we said uh, about the, about the Levi. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.